I'm Andrew Schweitzer, and you're listening to the Boxing for Free podcast. I was close with my prediction. Somewhat. I picked the right guy. I did not pick the right method. I did not think that Canelo would go the distance, or rather that Cotto would go the distance. I knew that Canelo would win, but I honestly thought that Canelo would break Cotto down. Cotto didn't wilt like I thought he would either. I, I kept expecting this to uh, see the wilt that he, that we see when he gets really beaten up, but he wasn't beaten up. He was pretty game in uh, in this fight. It was a good fight. I, as you might know, did not watch the fight. I had to work, but thankfully my position has improved to where I can kind of sneak off and like every couple minutes just go on Twitter, see the scorecards that uh, people are posting. Scores were way, were were all over the place. Like some people are like, oh no, Cotto's, like Cotto's in control. Other people saying, no, Canelo's got this. I haven't given Cotto a round. I mean, that that was clearly reflected in the judges' scorecards, even though they all scored it for Canelo. But I am a bit uh, puzzled. One, uh, let's see, 119 to 109, 118 to 110. I, I can slightly understand 117 to 111, but 118 to 110, 119 to 109? Come on. Good God. I mean, people were worried about the uh, judges' scorecards when Chavez fought Sergio Martinez, but... Uh, Oh, yikes. I mean, I, I don't think that this was a terribly close fight. I think that at best you could give Miguel Cotto four rounds. I thought I was being generous with my scorecard of 116-112. I found myself in uh, almost almost total agreement with Harold Ledman's card of 117-111, uh, but I was just like, oh, you know what? I think I, this round, I can't remember which one it was that I had, but... Uh, I was like, I'm going to give this round to Miguel Cotto. I, I think that he might have done just enough. It, it was pretty even. But the most telling thing of the fight was Canelo Alvarez's uppercuts. Holy crap. This kid was landing beautiful uppercuts. It was in round, uh, I think it was in round five. He's He does a feint with his right hand. And then he comes with his left hand, and it looks like he's going to throw a left hook, but then it sort of changes mid-flight, mind you, and then evolves into this beautiful uppercut that just nails Kodo straight in the face. It was beautiful. I Oh, I just kept replaying it over and over. I am not quick to compliment Canelo Alvarez, as many of you know, but damn, I will give credit where credit is due. And I will also give credit to Miguel Cotto. Didn't wilt like I thought he would. His children wilted. You you could just see the looks on their faces like, oh, our dad's losing again. And he's wearing pink shorts. Dad, why are you dressed like Princess Peach? Yeah. um, Another thing I didn't understand was Freddie Roach. Freddie Roach was saying, oh, you know, a lot of Canelo's, uh, I believe it was during round 10 or 11, they sent Max Kellerman to the corner of Miguel Cotto to speak with Freddie Roach. And Roach is saying, oh, I think we're out landing him. I think we're out throwing him too. A lot of Canelo's shots are missing. And I just thought, is Freddie Roach blind? I know he's wearing glasses, but he cannot be blind. 
Canelo's landing more shots. He's landing the harder shots. And all throughout the fight, every time that Miguel Cotto was in the corner, I kept expecting Freddie to tell him, we've got to step it up. We're behind. He didn't. And I, I, I just was curious, is, is Freddie Roach slightly afraid to upset Miguel Cotto? Is he afraid that he's going to cry? I don't get it. Oh, and yeah, I know that the uh, pink was probably to support uh, cancer research. I just don't want to offend anybody because people get very offended these days. But anyway, uh, I just couldn't understand why Freddie wasn't you know, giving him a lot of urgency in the corner. Maybe Freddie honestly believed. No, we're ahead. I thought that we were winning the fight. Cotto believes he won the fight. He thinks that he won at least eight rounds. I don't get it. Was he kind of like, if you've ever seen the movie Kung Pao, does he have this sort of wimp low philosophy? Like, I'm bleeding. That makes me the victor. And that he thinks that if he blocks a punch with his face that it scores for him? I don't know. I honestly don't know. And after the fight, Kodo immediately jumps out of the ring. And and everybody... It's funny because as soon as the fight ends, uh, him and uh, Canelo, are, they're hugging the sand of the ring. They're talking. Kodo even gives him a kiss. And... Uh, Jim Lampley saying that, you know, these are two classy guys. They're really classy guys. And then as soon as Cotto's declared the loser, he jumps out of the ring, goes and talks to his family, and runs back to his dressing room. All the while, Jim Lampley is still trying to, like, yeah, he's he's such a classy guy. If he's such a classy guy, Jim, why didn't he he stay around to say, you know, I thought that I won the fight. Well, I'm just going to tell you like it is. I thought I won the fight. Who knows? Maybe in his heart of hearts, he knew that he didn't win. He just wanted to hide in shame. Once again, he in a Mexican versus Puerto Rico fight, he probably felt that he let, let his people down. Didn't want to face them. But it uh, doesn't matter. What everybody's talking about now is not uh, what Miguel Cotto is going to face, but who Canelo Alvarez is going to face. He's the new WBC middleweight title holder or champion, whatever you want to call it. The title was on the line only for him because Miguel Cotto refused to pay the uh, sanctioning fees that the WBC uh, was uh, uh, giving him. They had stripped him that week, so the title was on the line for Alvarez only. So uh, who's next for him? I think we all know the answer to that. Okay, now we turn our attention to what's coming up. The hope in the boxing world was that if Canelo won... He would fight Triple G because Canelo fights everyone. Oh, damn, Max. That's a nice subtle dig at Miguel Cotto. The fight's over, but you don't need to land such a hard shot. You're probably wondering, what are you talking about, Andrew? Didn't you listen to what he said? He said, the talk was, if Canelo wins the fight, he will fight Triple G because Canelo fights everybody. He knew that if Miguel Cotto won, we're going to get more of... So, (laughs) nice, Max. I mean, if Miguel Cotto wasn't crying before, he was definitely crying after that. What are your thoughts now that you're considered the lineal middleweight champion and he has all the belts, or many of the belts, what are your thoughts 
about fighting Triple G. Con todo respeto, ahorita sí te puedo contestar. Anteriormente me preguntaban y estaba enfocado en esta pelea. Si quieres, me vuelvo a poner los guantes ahorita mismo con él. You know, with all due respect, before I didn't want to answer you because I was focused on this fight. But with all due respect, if you want to fight him right now, I'll put the gloves on right now and fight him now. Mis respetos. Es un gran campeón. Lo conozco. Lo, lo conozco. Es un gran campeón. Es un amigo mío. Pero yo no le tengo miedo a nadie. Ahorita mismo me vuelvo a poner los guantes. My respect. He's a great champion. I know him. He's a friend of mine. But right now, I'll put the gloves on against him. And this is one of the many reasons the boxing world loves Canelo. Congratulations, champ. Gracias. Esta era, la era del Canelo es la mejor. Gracias. This era, the era of Canelo is the best. Jim. So there you go. It looks like Canelo's actually willing to make a fight with Gennady Golovkin. He says that they're friends, so this shouldn't be a problem. Except now Canelo's team has come out and said, hey, you know, the fight should take place at 155 pounds. Why do they do this to us? Why do you win a title belt, a 160-pound title belt, and then decide to say, hey, I'll defend it at 155 pounds? I've gone over this before. I do not like it at all. Really don't. I actually like it when middleweights, you know, act like middleweights. Come on, Canelo, we thought you were cool. But, you know, we just had one diva middleweight champion in Miguel Cotto. Now we've got another one? Oh, he's like Martin Prince when he got a pool. Soon I'll be queen of summertime. Oh, king, king. But believe it or not, do you want to know who's actually being a bit worse? Or was acting a bit worse? I, I still don't know if he feels like this. Oscar De La Hoya. See... Well, first of all, he had this bet with Jay-Z. Apparently, they had a $100,000 bet uh, over whose fire would win. It believe, yeah, in case you didn't know, Jay-Z is uh, uh, Kodo's promoter for Rock Nation Sports. Did a craptastic job. Uh, I heard that people absolutely hated that concert during the fight. And, uh, oh, yeah, let's have explosions go off during a fight. I'm sure that, or not during the fight, but during the concert. I'm sure that won't, you know, unsettle people at all with all these recent events in the world dumbass but forget jay-z my real beef is with oscar oscar who penned this this real poison pen letter to floyd mayweather in playboy magazine who said floyd is bad and boring for the sport and the sport will be better off without him in it is now saying that floyd mayweather should rematch canelo oscar what the hell dude i thought you were smarter than this i thought you respected the fans more than this I know that you want to bury the hatchet with Mayweather, not be lifelong enemies, but bury the hatchet doesn't mean you take that hatchet and then jam it into the backs of your fans. Maybe I'm overreacting to this, but don't say such ridiculousness, okay? Stop mentioning Floyd Mayweather. He has done nothing lately to indicate a comeback at all. Nothing. To hell with the people who bring up Floyd Mayweather and, oh, we want to get him for a rematch. No, I was pissed off with uh, Freddie Roach saying that after the fight he wanted Cotto to, if Cotto got the victory, if Cotto got the victory, 
that uh, he should call Mayweather. No! Screw you, Freddy! We don't want a Mayweather fight ever again! I don't! I really don't! People who say they do will shill out the money and then be like, Oh, that, that kind of sucked. Aww, I'm stupid. Yes, you are. You are stupid if you want a Floyd Mayweather fight ever again. Stupid. I don't mean to get so worked up, but... Ugh. You know what? L l let's talk about something else. Congratulations to Canelo. Make the Gennady Golovkin fight at 160 pounds or at best 158 pounds. Something like that. Something reasonable. Quit being the catchweight queen and actually fight like you're supposed to at the weight that you're supposed to. If you've got that belt. He's got 15 days to negotiate a deal. Well, he's had 15 days. He'll have 15 days uh, upon winning the title to negotiate a fight with Golovkin. But come on, do what's right. Moving on. David Hay has announced that he is going to be making a comeback, nearly oh, or sorry, almost four years after his last fight. As you might recall, Hay. Uh, previously fought all the way back in July of 2012 when he stopped Derek Chisora in five rounds. I don't know why Hay is doing this. I thought he was doing all right with uh, his Haymaker promotions, and for all I know, maybe he is. And uh, he just decides, you know what? I still feel that at 35 years old, I've got a lot left in me. So he's going to be making this comeback uh, next year. It's going to be July, or sorry, not July, uh, January 16th, 2016 at the O2 Arena in Greenwich, London. He will be fighting Mark DeMori, who is, uh, he has a very good record. I, I gotta say, I'm glad that Hayes not uh, taking a uh, soft tune-up fight. DeMori is, uh, has a record of 30 wins, only one defeat, 26 KOs, that Lone loss came all the way back in 2004, uh, his first year as a pro. He has been undefeated since. If Hay is serious about making a comeback and possibly challenging Klitschko for the title, all the power to him. George Foreman said that uh, the only person he thinks who can really challenge Vladimir Klitschko is David Hay. I would love to know what drugs George Foreman is smoking because that fight was not even close to begin with. But, I mean, maybe George sees things a lot different from most other people do. Either way, that fight was not close the first time, and I don't want to see it a second time. Oh, and speaking of Vladimir Klitschko, this Saturday he will be defending his undisputed heavyweight championship. Well, disputed. He's the recognized heavyweight champion of the world okay yeah wilder's got the wbc title but everybody knows that klitschko's the main man in the division he will be defending his title belt against the loudmouthed, hard-hitting giant of a man tyson fury fury as you know has been making a uh, lot of controversial comments lately he's been comparing homosexuality to pedophilia saying that you know they've uh no longer outlawed homosexuality so pedophilia might be next and he's convinced that klitschko worships satan okay i i don't know where he gets that maybe i actually no i have no clue how do i think this fight's going to go down i'm going to make it short and simple 
Vladimir Klitschko is going to finish what Steve Cunningham started in the second round of their fight. Go back and watch that uh, Steve Cunningham versus Tyson Fury fight. In the second round, you know, uh, Cunningham is able to get Fury at a distance, and then he just leaps in with this big looping overhand right, and it drops uh, Fury flat on his back. To his credit, he's able to get up, but I just figure if Vladimir Klitschko, or sorry, if, (laughs) if Steve Cunningham can land a shot like that and drop Fury, then I believe that Vladimir Klitschko can do the same thing and keep Fury down for good. Klitschko hits a lot harder. He's a better fighter. He's he's bigger than Cunningham. And I don't think that this fight is really going to be a problem for him. That's all I've got to say on it. I think that Klitschko will knock him out in maybe six rounds. Anyway, let's talk about a movie. Now, as some of you might know, I'm not the biggest sports fan. I do love boxing, but beyond the rest of it, I don't give a rat's ass. I don't care about the Super Bowl that much. I couldn't care less about Stanley or his damn cup, which makes me an awful Canadian. And Wimbledon is boring as hell. Yeah, you can start writing those hate mail letters. I don't care. I don't get them anyway. But uh, one thing I do like is when ESPN airs their 30 for 30 documentary series. I've watched a lot of those. I think they're really good. And hell, good's not even the right word. They're great. They are great. And the most recent one that they've put out is, no exception, Chasing Tyson. This is... This is a great documentary detailing Evander Holyfield's constant pursuit of Mike Tyson, how the fight always seemed to be on the verge of being made and finalized, but then something would always happen. And the, the fight between two of America's best heavyweights was put on hold again and again and again. It was supposed to happen in 1990. They were going... or. They were going to fight after the Douglas fight, but Tyson gets knocked out by Douglas. And then you think, oh, well, it, it sort of loses its its luster. Then Holyfield wins the title from Douglas, but he doesn't get the respect that Tyson did. So then the fight between him and Tyson gets made for 1991. But then Tyson has to pull out because of a rib injury, and then he's sent to prison for rape. Holyfield wins and loses the title over and over again until finally the fight's made in 1996 and the impossible happens. Evander Holyfield, who was, uh, I think, rated at 20 to 1 in in odds of winning the fight, knocks out Mike Tyson. You all know the story, but what's really interesting about this film is that there is no narrator. There are only three people who are who were interviewed for this documentary. That's Evander Holyfield, Mike Tyson, and Jim Gray. That's it. The the story is all told through archival footage. We don't even see these people as they're being interviewed. You only see Tyson at the end. And I think it's it's a wonderful little time capsule about this uh, interesting period in in heavyweight boxing history because Holyfield was always 
trying to get the respect that he thought he deserved. He thought that he was the better fighter than Tyson. Tyson thought that he was the main man, that he was the most destructive force on the planet. And Don King thought that he could get money from both of them. So why not have them fight each other? It's a great documentary series. If you can find it on YouTube, that's how I watched it. It's great. Or you can do it the legal way. Uh, watch it on ESPN. There's not much that I can say about this documentary that would uh, do it justice, unfortunately. if You just have to go see it. There's just lots of great footage, stuff that you've probably never seen before, old archival footage with interviews from Tyson, Holyfield, Don King, all the major players who were involved. You get to see them, but like I said, the only people who you hear from in a modern sense are Jim Gray, Holyfield, and Tyson. And they're, they're brutally honest, which is great. Now, you're probably thinking, Andrew, you know, this was only like a TV documentary. What about Creed? I'm going to see Creed next week. I will try to have that for next week's show. I am, I don't know, I'll be honest. I'm nervous about it because, you know, 11 or... Yeah, about 10 years after Rocky Balboa, the last one or so, I thought, you know what, that's a great place to leave off the series. You don't need to do any more, but yet we have to follow the tales of Apollo Creed's son, who at the age of 30 decides, hey, now's a good time to turn professional or whatever the hell. But maybe I'm going to be mistaken because the film right now, 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. So... I don't know. We'll go see. Maybe this franchise has new life in it. We'll find out. We hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Boxing for Free podcast. You can find us online at www.boxingforfree.com. That's boxing, the number four, free.com. Twitter.com slash boxingforfree. Be like Arislandi Lara, Robert Guerrero, Berman Stavern, Millerad Zizek, Adonis Stevenson, Glenn Johnson. Wow, that's a lot of famous boxers and hundreds of others. And follow us on Twitter. Go to youtube.com slash boxingforfree and like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash boxingforfree page. You can subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, and several other podcast directories. If you use iTunes, give us a review and let everyone know that the Boxing for Free podcast is your source for boxing news and commentary. I'm Andrew Schweitzer. Thank you for listening, and we hope you tune in next time. If you've got an ass, I'll kick it!